0: hey what's going on everybody this is your boy Nathan Crankfield the founder and host of Seeking Excellence and so today we're blessed to have Tori and Seth guest hosting for us talking about finding faith and the importance of prayer and just a lot of different insights and aspects to how they've grown their faith life and, and some of their journey with God um, which is which is awesome and beautiful to hear so very excited for that we've got a great week we'll have a at least one more podcast coming out this week um, if not two excited really getting back As I said last week, a little bit, getting back to it of uh, just being able to schedule a lot more podcasts. We've got some great guests coming up uh, in the works right now, and then getting back into solo podcasting myself. So you can expect at least a solo podcast of me this week, perhaps a solo and a guest coming on later this week. Uh, But very excited for that and hope you all had a great uh, weekend, ready for a great week of just getting after it um, and just honoring the Lord our lives so check out Tori and Seth here you can always follow more of uh, them on social media through Tori's uh, uh, Instagram handle and and Facebook page until I figure something else out at until I figure something else out and check out uh, Tori's got some great prints as well she started a little print shop with quotes from her blogs I love Tori's one of my favorite blog writers And so she uh, started doing prints with her blog. So I highly encourage you to check those out because they're really great. And she's really great. So enjoy this podcast and be sure to check out uh, the links in the show notes. God bless.
1: You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. You are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He's appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom, to go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ, to be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You were not made to make excuses. It's time for you to take extreme ownership for your life, for all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. All right, everyone, Uh, it is Seth Slayman here with you. I'm coming at you with my lovely wife, Tori. Um, Just a normal Tuesday here. We're bringing you our second installment of our guest hosting here on Seeking Excellence. So we're just happy to be here with you.
2: Yes, we are so excited. Uh, It was super fun getting to do the first one. We've never done anything like this together before, so um, hopefully each one just gets better and better, and um, Seth had the great idea each week. We will alternate to um, kind of bring different questions to the table, so um, kind of give each other a heads up, and we've been kind of thinking in the last few days um, over Seth's question that he brought up, which Seth will introduce to you in this moment. (laughs) (laughs)
1: um yeah so we were just we were talking probably oh, was it two or three weeks ago now um i was just sitting in mass um after work and we were sitting there and i was just thinking like the main question that i'm posing right now why have why have faith um more importantly for us because we're catholics why believe in catholicism why do we have um how would I explain this to somebody on the outside who doesn't believe in these things, why I believe in these things, and how I've come to that realization on my own. So we're hoping to just jump into that, and um, I'm hoping that this will be a real fruitful exercise for us.
2: How do you want to start this? The question is, why believe? Why have faith?
1: Yeah, so I will just start um, with—hold on. I was just going to start with real quick, what is a brief definition of faith um, from Thomas Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas from his standpoint. Um, and then, yeah, I, I mean, you can start us off and we'll just see where that, that leads us to. Um, so if I'm looking at St. Thomas Aquinas, his... oh. Sorry about that his definition of faith um <clears throat> faith is an intellectual act whose object is truth thus it has both a subjective and objective aspect from the side of the subject it is minds assen- oh i'm i'm sorry from the side of the subject it is the mind's ascent to what is not seen faith is the evidence of things that appear not hebrews 11.1 1. um
2: can you can you reread the hebrews part of it
1: yeah Uh, so quote, faith is the evidence of things that appear not Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. Um, I think that's also a good place to start too, because, um, oftentimes people have faith that is due to their experiences that they have. So I think that's kind of a good point too, is that, you know, people's experiences that they've had in this life often lead them to the faith that they believe in, whether that be, christianity judaism um islam etc um so i think that that's kind of a a good point to start off with but um yeah so why don't you start us off and see where we go from there
2: yeah i well i'm i'm glad you had that um i'm glad you had that quote because i had one from c.s lewis that's pretty similar i think it's a little bit more like in layman's terms but Uh, C.S. Lewis defines faith as the art of holding on to things your reason has once accepted in spite of your changing moods. So my first thought with faith, and like typically you hear faith in the context of like faith, hope, and love, and it's probably like on a welcome mat somewhere, or like your mom had it hung up in her house on the wall as like three (laughs) inspirational words. And I like, it's one of those words that you've heard so many times that it's easy to gloss over. And because it's in the context of so many other kind of like inspirational Bible sounding words, Mm -hmm. um, for me personally, at least, I think I've found myself in many situations like looking for the definitions for higher level words or more complicated words because something like faith, it's like, oh, I've heard it so long. Like I kind of know what it means and that's probably all there is to it. Um, So I think like the Aquinas definition and the C.S. Lewis definition are helpful because it's a reminder that faith isn't just the thing you turn to when all the logical things have fallen short it's not like oh well like i tried to use science and i tried to use math and i tried to use all these logical like reason-based things to find an answer and all of them failed me so i guess i'll just have faith um and that's like not the way that faith works at all it's not so like i a think blind faith no it's not um it's not a blind faith any even the That's kind of an oxymoron, like the phrase blind faith, Mm -hmm. because faith really is, I don't know, I don't know if it's an oxymoron, but it's not like you have to see something to be able to believe it. Now, I'm just thinking of like the Santa Claus movie when they're talking about like seeing is believing and believing is seeing. That's what it makes me think of. But um, yeah, it's not like you have to see something to be able to believe it, but um, just because you... you can't see something doesn't mean it can't be proven true to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And to believe in something that you don't actually logically have like evidence for, Mm -hmm. um, isn't, that's not actually faith. Like that would, that's not realistic. Um, And so I guess when we're talking about faith or why have faith, I think the approaches we'll take to answer that question, hopefully are very logic based and not searching for something that we're not really sure if it's there or not, but like hopefully it is because how else will we get by? I don't think that's really the the kind of faith that we're talking about,
1: right? And um, Catholicism as a whole is like based in faith and reason. So like, philosophy is a big chunk of why we have been, you know, led to where we're at today. Um, philosophers are really—I know we've talked about this—but philosophers were really just like the smart businessmen of Mm -hmm. the time. So, you know, Aristotle, Socrates, Plato, they were just incredible businessmen and knew how to take advantage of the situation and see trends that other people weren't seeing. Um
2: not like take advantage of in like an immoral way, but Right. I think like we had this conversation not too long ago and I think what like what you were saying is that they were like so like so common sense based that it was like they just had the idea to write down what everyone was already doing and already seeing like subconsciously and mm-hmm. just point out like hey look this is what we're all doing um because they're just pointing to things that are like reality and helping people recognize that they happen
1: yes yes and no um at the same time they were like they were definitely the the smart ones leading <laughs> Like leading at the forefront of that, like other people may have been taking up, you know, they were being, they were teaching other people their ways and like passing these along. But at the same time, like they were really at the forefront of like leading this charge. Um, and that was like the reason based, the common sense, what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Yeah, and I guess when I say like they were just pointing out and writing down what everyone else was already doing I don't mean in the sense of there were all these other philosophers walking around the town and they were just copying the other philosophers Mm -hmm. I mean, they were looking at like ordinary people like you and me Mm -hmm. who Were doing normal things that human nature prompts people to do and they were noticing human nature So I think that's what I mean by that
1: Right. Okay. Yeah, gotcha um but yeah, the, the things that we were faith and reason um, really, uh, Augustine pulls from that, Aquinas pulls from that. And those are the, you know, really the main things that we kind of like found our faith on. And I think that that's what is so attractive to me about Catholicism and in, in, in general and Christianity is just that there is like this pull towards understanding the reason why things exist or why we use them <clears throat> so everything has um, its proper end and using things towards its proper end and if we don't then it's oftentimes like a misuse of that item hmm. um,
2: do you want to give some examples
1: um yeah i guess the the main ones that are some that come to mind are just like Um, a pen is for writing or like a book is for reading a book isn't meant to be a coaster or um, yeah just something that you stack up other things on top of you know it's just like the purpose of that item is for a certain and specific end Um, and that seems to be most like obvious um, to, to me that it, you use the the faith along with the reason, to come to the conclusion as to why we do everything um, as Catholics, whether that be um, whether we get more detailed into like suffering or something like that, or whether it's even the mass, um, uh, even confession. You know, certain those um, sacraments that we're receiving, they all have. A reason as to why we're doing it at the end you know at the end of the day um and also you know at the end of time there's a reason why we're we're going to those and it's not simply just because we have this sort of blind faith mm-hmm. that we're um that we're just hopping into or something like that
2: yeah i think that's a it's like cool to hear you say to give those reasons from more of, like, the, using, like, the philosophy side of it. Um, because I think it almost, it, like, makes it easier to have faith in God when the world God has surrounded us with and the world that we're surrounded by gives us so many opportunities to learn how to have faith in smaller things. So it's, like, I, so like you said, like, a book is for reading a book isn't supposed to be a coaster if you use a book for a coaster it really doesn't make that big of a deal but you might get a coffee stain on the book you know like doing doing things that violate the intended end of an item have like natural consequences that aren't always intended and if it's something like a book it, it doesn't really make sense but god like in his goodness and perfection like made people the same way so like people have an intended end mm-hmm. and when you use people in the way that people aren't supposed to be used, violating the natural end of something has natural consequences, um, which is like a part of humanity and a part of our nature. But I think just recognizing that there's like purpose behind each person and purpose behind humanity and the way we were made and just like knowing how to have faith in those things and knowing that those things are true and having them be proven to us through our experiences makes it easier to have faith And the God who made it that way. Um, Because he, like, he didn't make anything that's meaningless. I think it'd be a lot harder to believe in God if you looked around and saw a bunch of meaningless things. But it's really not that hard to find meaning in all of the things that he made.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it gives you a reason to, like, care for those people around you who sometimes are very difficult to to care for or to, yeah, to love. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, knowing that the person is made in the image and likeness of God. Um not to delve too deeply into another virtue of love, but the I was reading today in In Frequent Confessions, he talks about how like God is you know, made in the image of likeness of God. And God calls us to love him and to love our neighbors. Therefore, we love our neighbors as if they were God because they were made in God's image. Hmm. Um, So we treat them as, and then similarly, those you do to the least of me or to the least of your brothers and sisters you do to me also. It's just, like, this constant reminder that God is in everyone. Mm. Um, Whether that be his, you know, image and likeness or whether that be spiritually as well. Um, So just this constant reminder of, like, how important it is that you treat others with decency, respect, and love. Um, Or slow, you know, I'm, I'm like this. I'm just, like, quick to quick trigger on emotions with anger so sometimes when I have to like pull myself back from a situation just to like (laughs) not get so upset with something honestly it takes like three seconds but there are multiple times throughout the day where I have to just remind myself of that because I have to remember like oh if I truly believe that everybody's made in the image and likeness of God then I have to treat them as such and be respectful of them Mm -hmm. rather than just treating them uh, as you know Mm -hmm. my subordinate or something like that
2: (laughs) yeah and i think that's where the the logic-based approach to understanding faith is so helpful because like you especially are very Mm logic-based so if you're in that situation where you're like wow that person is an idiot i can't believe they did that i'm so mad i'm so frustrated like for you a logical person we're all logical people but when you when you turn to logic It's much easier to calm yourself down than if you're just relying on emotion or if you're just relying on the feeling of faith being there. Mm -hmm. Um, When faith becomes more than the faith, hope, and love like doormat because that's not going to like calm you down in a a difficult situation when you're angry with someone. But when you can actually turn to the logical approach of I know what faith is because it's been proven true true to me and even though my emotions are changing... I know how to turn back to what it actually is and what I actually know to be true. Um, And I think the whole question of like, yeah, the whole question of why have faith, whether you're talking about it from like a, a specifically Catholic perspective or just like very basic, like how do you know God exists? There are so many levels to it and there are so many of the beliefs that we have as Catholics that like hinge upon more foundational beliefs and then it just goes like, one foundation is built upon another. Mm -hmm. And so I think just the basic foundation of like why believe in God, like why believe that God exists. um, There are so many arguments that I've never even heard of, but I think it would be good just to explore like the arguments that we have for like why God exists in addition to the ones that we have.
1: Yeah, I um, I was listening to Shameless Plug for Philosophize This if you ever have some downtime and just want to listen to it. It's just a chronological history of philosophy throughout time. Um, Today I was listening to the episode talking about St. Anselm um, of Canterbury, and he is famous for the ontological argument for God, which is, um, I hope I get it right, it's kind of a tongue twister. Um, (laughs) But it's something along the lines of like... If you're an atheist or an agnostic and I'm conversing with you.
2: Me? I'm the atheist? Yeah, sure.
1: And I was to say, um, if God were to exist, he would be the greatest conceivable being that we could come up with in our mind, correct? Yes. And you would agree that a being that exists in reality... You know such as this chair um i guess that's an okay example (laughs) as compared to um like an
2: imaginary chair
1: as as compared to yeah a chair that exists in your mind or something that you know a unicorn or something that just exists in your mind Mm -hmm. the reality the real chair would be greater than the imaginary chair correct yeah so if i were to say to you if there was uh a being a greatest you know a conceivable being um that was you know to just as much greatness as the first being that we discussed but it also existed in reality would you agree that that being is better than the being that you just created within your own imagination
2: yeah so like if like a real god would be
1: if the greatest conceivable than being the was god real, i would
2: imagine yeah
1: So, therefore, God does exist because he is the greatest conceivable being. And we just brought out the fact that the greatest conceivable being can't just be constrained to just in your imagination. Huh. So, it must exist in reality. Because he's the greatest conceivable being.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Like, you couldn't use... That example, like, wouldn't work if we were just talking about a chair, but because we're talking about the greatest greatest imaginable being it brings it yeah 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 yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah.
1: and they, he would like discussed a little bit about how you know somebody could say there's a great you know a greatest conceivable island out mm-hmm. there with the perfect number of trees and the perfect and he's talking about how like how can you quantify like a perfect number of tree or a perfect mm-hmm. so there's nuances to it and there mm-hmm. have been objections to it but that's the most famous argument for god um yeah and I was just uh it is kind of like hard to walk I was sitting there thinking about it for 20 minutes today trying to figure out like how what how does this make sense or like what exactly is he saying yeah but once you get it down it does you are like oh okay it's kind of like a circular argument Mm -hmm. almost yeah because he just throws on that last little bit of exists
2: Uh oh I see yeah, and I, I think the one, I, like this is my first time, today's the first time I've ever heard I've ever heard that argument, but going back to C.S. Lewis, I've heard his argument, the argument from desire, um, and so in one of his books, um, it's called Surprise by Joy, I haven't read it, but that's the book that this is from, it says, if I find in myself a desire which nothing in this world can satisfy, the most reasonable conclusion is that I was made for another world. Um, And I think that's like a really logical, reasonable argument because if God makes things that have an intended end and in our, you know, as important as logic is, emotion and feeling are not useless. Like they're they're very much a part of us and they're a part of who we are and they're uh, a part of the gift we've been given to understand why we're here. And so if we have that, not just more like more than deep feeling but like deep knowledge like a deep um a deep like way of knowing that we're made for something more that we've um been unsatisfied or we're just kind of like living in a constant state of dissatisfaction Mm -hmm. um like how could you argue that we weren't made for something else um how could you believe that this is all there is oh yeah and I, I think even even when you you have like the best moments in your life, so people who, you know, like climb mountains, and you've been dreaming your whole life of climbing this mountain. You reach the top of it, you're probably like really really satisfied for like, a solid like two and a half seconds. Like as you get to the top of the mountain and you look out, and then as soon as you have that like peak moment of satisfaction, it's like it starts diminishing again. You know you you've mm. never on this earth been able to like grasp complete satisfaction and just stay there because it always starts to go away like once you right. you reach the top of that mountain after you stay up there and get all the pictures that you want at a certain point you're just going to turn around and walk back down um and just knowing that that's the the earth that we live on and it's not bad it's so good in so many ways but you can't argue that it's satisfying all the time and how could we, like, long for anything other than complete satisfaction? So I think that's another really powerful argument.
1: Yeah, and everybody, you know, you hear that commonly. It's just, like, how money, people think money is going to make them happy. They realize it doesn't. And mm-hmm. some people think that, you know, fill in the blank, alcohol is going to make you happy, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. People are, <clears throat> it's just, um, we're always, like, longing for something greater than yeah. we can physically get our hands on Mm -hmm. and i think that says a lot about like where religion as a whole um i don't want to say like fills that void as in like there's something there's something that we just have to grasp onto Mm. um but it does give us it has that opportunity for us to go out and um and grab it and really you know, take it, make it personal,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think that's where, kind of switching gears and making it more like personal based, um, just like why, why do we, you know, people who grow up in in their families often become what their families were, so why why believe in that once you get to age that you are like able to get out on your own and understand mm. different religions why do you think that it's been like why do you think you've stuck around with catholicism mm. um and yeah i guess i guess stuck yeah. it out but why it actually has importance to you rather yeah. than just like oh it's what i've always done
2: mm-hmm. yeah well i think it's much easier to respect someone who who can tell you they're doing what they're doing because they believe it's right rather than like, oh, this is just what my parents always did or this is just what has always been done or this is just the way that I was told to do it. Even if it is what your parents have done. You know, having parents who have the same religion as you doesn't invalidate your religion in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's so much more valuable if, I mean, it's completely more valuable if it's your own faith and it's it's yours that like you said you've like taken ownership of mm-hmm. um i think yeah i think at one point in high school i remember being told that faith isn't a feeling so i think that's at that point like just hearing that statement mm-hmm. um, really made an impact on me Um, and made me explore more of like what is this true definition of faith where it's something that has already been proven to be true and you keep returning to it despite your changing emotions. Um, I think that totally changes the way that we look at it and recognizing that in the midst of suffering or difficult times or even good times when you're not really feeling like the spark or the fire or the excitement or the draw towards any sort of spiritual God-related thing. um, With this type of faith, that doesn't have to be a bad thing that's just a, a situation that you're going through
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's even more of an opportunity to turn to God in the midst of that because you know that faith isn't a feeling so you know a lack of feeling isn't a punishment for anything you did wrong necessarily right. Um. so yeah so I think that's I think that would be one reason why do you think why do you think that you have the religion that you do
1: yeah
2: or the faith that you do
1: <clears throat> yeah um I would say probably because um, yeah, I was baptized Catholic when I was young, but we never practiced. and then um once we once we had met, I kind of wanted to do. I don't want to say that I did like a ton of research because that would probably be a lie. But I did, you know, I was questioning things as we, uh, as I was walking along the path. And I think that the main thing, the main thing for me is that, one, it makes sense, just to kind of boil things down, one, it makes sense to have like, to believe in one God. That just makes the most sense because if, if God were the greatest, the greatest being, then there would only be one of them because there could only be one greatest being. Mm -hmm. So that makes most sense. There are three monotheistic gods, Islam, or I guess, you know, Religions. religions that believe in one monotheistic God, uh, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity um don't know enough about islam to really go into that um but the jewish side uh i mean being able to like read the old testament and like get an understanding of their what they believe in um as well as their rituals and seeing how like closely those are paralleled within Catholicism Mm -hmm. and seeing like how those are still held onto and valued Mm -hmm. and like the mass today. I mean, I think that's, that's an exact, I feel like that's an exact replica of what God was foretelling throughout all of the old Testament Mm -hmm. of what was to be, you know, of what was to be prepared for. And I think they're just like, it's crazy how many, um, how many things like line up throughout yeah. the old testament into the new testament i mean mm-hmm. it's just like not even the greatest author could come up with a story that is that like woven into one another mm-hmm. and it's just that like it all makes sense. a giant spider web it's crazy
2: yeah and something on top of that that not only is a good story and not only uh, matches up with other details in the story but The kind of thing you can turn around to at any point in your life and look at and realize that it perfectly applies to where we are right now in history and somehow did the same thing 300 years ago and somehow will do the same thing 300 years from now. Just how, like, personally relevant it it is to all of us, um, yeah. But also like how historically relevant it's been. And I, I heard someone say the other day, um, they were asked about religion and they just said. Like, oh, I just, I don't have any religion, like, I don't really believe in anything, I don't really believe in God, like, I more just believe in, like, like kindness and treating everyone with respect, and, um, like, that's kind of what I, what I practice, but I don't, like, believe in God or anything, um, and I think it's awesome to treat people with kindness, I think it's awesome to treat people with respect, I think that's essential and absolutely necessary and a very big part of being a Christian like we're talking about, but I think even if that, like, if that's your answer when you're asked about religion, like, fine and good that you might have a different belief than, than I do, or we do, or the Christian religion would have, but there's still the question of, like, the his, the history. It's like, okay, well, like, do you believe that Jesus exists, or did, like, don't you? Do you believe that the Jewish religion experienced all these things, or don't you? Like, when you read the Bible. And Match it up with like the historical evidence from that time Like do you just not believe that happened because you don't have a religion or or don't practice any sort of faith? Even if you you don't have to believe in the faith you're welcome to not not believe in it But like you still have to answer the question of the history
0: Mm -hmm. That's
2: been proven over and over and over and over again Because that's like that's a faith thing Where I believe it because it's been proven over and over and over again, so I think Everybody kind of gets to that point at a certain at a certain time where, even if you just want to go from like the purely secularistic, like from a material point of view,
0: yeah,
2: what's happened throughout history? and can I really refute that it's happened? and if it has happened, like, what does that actually mean for my life?
1: well, two two things there, and they're both kind of like very far away from each other. <laughs> One, like the person who is saying, Oh, I, um, I'm going to treat everybody with kindness and respect and whatever else. It's like, what standard do you hold yourself to? Like, who is the standard for supreme kindness and Mm -hmm. supreme respect? Or else you have like, what are you valuing that off of? Are you valuing that off how you did the day before? Because like, if you did poorly the day before Mm -hmm. and you did a little bit better than yesterday, were you really that kind?
2: Hmm. Like how kind can you be?
1: Yeah, I mean, people who say I'm a kind and respectful person, it's like, well, what about the moments when it's very difficult to be kindness, kind and respectful? Mm-hmm. How kind and respectful are you then? Because mm-hmm. oftentimes people, they aren't very kind and respectful if they, if they don't have something to like, bring them back home to and be like, all right, well, I have in this mm-hmm. moment. I'm going to be kind to this person, even though Mm -hmm. I really don't want to be. And that's just as true no
2: matter what religion you are. Like that's like, that's like human nature. It is hard to do those things. Oh
1: yeah. But if you don't have something to come back to, then it's even doubly as hard to do that. Yeah, exactly. So, and and then number two, talking about historical context of um, faith. And another reason as to why I believe that we're both faithful is because, like, the fact that there were four people accounting for the fact that Jesus Christ, like, Mm. died and then rose again three days later, which nobody else on this earth has ever done, I don't believe. Mm -hmm. The fact that four (laughs) people from that time period were able to account for that is absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. And that just, like, that 100%, in my eyes, confirms it because the fact that there were four let alone um one let alone four but like from that time period Mm -hmm. we accepted historical writings from um people that were like very shady and we accepted them as truth as just one person you know one reference Mm -hmm. so the fact that there's four saying that a person yeah, a died point. and came back to life is mm-hmm. just insane
2: yeah that's such a good point and it, it's the kind of thing where i don't like i don't think an argument can take be away, made
1: take away spirituality take away religion just look at it specifically historically yeah. and the fact that four people were able to account for that mm-hmm. is just like you know mm-hmm. nobody else has ever done that
2: yeah yeah i i think that's a great point and i think You can talk about the four gospel writers and how that happened, and then you can talk about that what they were saying wasn't received well by people who could hurt them, and they still stuck by it. And so you have the four gospel writers who did that, then you have the the twelve who did that, and then you have all these additional people who are also doing that. And it's like at a certain point when you're, if you're lying about that, you like say that you're lying like yeah. right before they kill you for it.
1: Right. I'm but they didn't sure. do
2: that. Like they were martyred for it. And I think there, there was like one.
1: I'm pretty sure one of the John, 12 John was the only one who wasn't martyred. Who wasn't martyred for it. I'm pretty sure.
2: Um, Yeah. So I think, I, I think the historical argument is, um, it's like not the, it's, it's not the thing that's going to make you feel something in your heart, but it's right. the thing that um it's it's what we use for the standard of the rest of but if
1: you tie back to our lives yeah if you tie back to like the reason argument of coming back to that and we're like solely looking scientifically or historically however you want to define that like that reason has somewhat been answered in your eyes so now it's the faith you know the faith things and like Mm -hmm. that is like
2: building a foundation upon this other foundation right
1: and that is difficult (laughs) is to like eventually get to that point where you have faith but i think it's also it's also a gift like not everyone is given the gift of having faith and i think that's very difficult for people to understand but it's also like very difficult to um understand if you don't have it
0: hmm.
1: i guess is what i'm trying to say
2: yeah do you mean yeah okay i know what you mean um yeah i think i think that's a good point i think um it's i don't know what the actual bible verse is but when god says like my way my thoughts are not your thoughts my ways are not your ways mm-hmm. um i think that verse i think a, a argument against that verse could be like oh it's just like a cop out Just like, oh, well, like, you don't understand, like, God's God, and you're just using that as a reason to say, like, that you don't understand what he's doing. And it's like, well, number one, you're right, I don't understand what he's doing, but number two, it's not not a cop-out because it's, like, it's it's true. Like, it's just the way it is. Like, I think it's in that verse where he says, like, as far as the heavens are above the sea or, Mm -hmm. like, as far as the sky is above the sea. Like, that's a long way. Like, that is very different. Like, yeah. The way God operates is so different than the way we operate, even from like just a, a time perspective. So this is me like tying it back into what you said. But um, when we talk about time, we talk about like Kairos time. Um, and Ka- the word Kairos means God's time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So if I'm saying things like yesterday and tomorrow and two months from now um, to God, like that's all the same. Yeah. And so if you have this big conversion moment of faith 10 years from now, in god's eyes you just had it yesterday
1: yeah Um, it's ever present
2: it's ever present he he loves you as the person that you are when you're you're closest to him
1: yeah i mean that's the parable of uh the workers in the yeah in the uh field you know his field workers who start in the morning and he goes out to the town square or wherever he goes to you know the um Yeah, the owner of the vineyard goes out and gets some more workers at 10, gets some more workers at noon, gets some more workers at 5, and at the end of the day pays them all the same wage. Mm. And the people who show up at the beginning of the day are upset because, you know, they got paid the same as the guys who showed up at 5. And he's like, no, you know, like, Mm -hmm. "I I get to make the rules here, and if I would like to pay them, A full day's wage, then I'll pay him a full day's wage.
2: And I think that's, like, a perfect example of when, like, at the end of that story, when the workers are so confused and they're, like, looking and wondering and looking for an answer. Like, in that moment, God could say, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Mm -hmm. And that would not be God using that as a cop-out. That would be God saying, like, you just don't understand. Right. Like, I know this worker and I know this other worker and I know you. um, And I love you each in the way that I'm supposed to love you. So um like don't worry about it right it's not your job to worry about that like i'm taking care of them and i'm taking care of you so you don't have to worry about whether or not you'll be taken care of because i'm god
1: right no i also like the like the bringing up of the time aspect yeah i think that that's a great way to tie that in because it is um it's hard to like wrap your mind around being present to the entire history of the earth and what Mm -hmm. that would be like yeah i mean i can't imagine right being able to even contemplate that
2: Mm -hmm.
1: feels like one year was hard enough to get over (laughs)
2: Uh, yeah i agree um i agree and i think that is what you were saying in the beginning about loving God and loving your neighbor and our intended end is love of God and love of our neighbor. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's a really important part of, you know, being fallen, sinful humans. That's a really important way to look at our job to love one another mm. and to, to love our neighbors and those we agree with and those we don't agree with um, is recognizing that, like, Okay, it doesn't really in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't really mean anything that i've been mad at them for seven years Mm -hmm. It doesn't really mean anything that they've made this 15 times it doesn't really mean anything That i've been trying to get them to see my way Mm -hmm. For so long and they haven't yet because at the end of the day like You can't control god's time because god's time is god's time Mm -hmm. And he's taking care of when they'll see what he wants them to see, and I think um, it makes me think of Saint Augustine's story. Um, when we were just listening to a Father Mike Schmitz podcast, and he brought up Saint Augustine, um, who obviously is Doctor of the Church, super smart, intellectual. Like what he wrote has been the foundation for so many things that, like we know to be true as Catholics. Um, and he was also he's also known as one of the like biggest screw ups. <laughs> of the catholic church for much of his life yeah. because he was like drinking and women and partying and like every equivalent of like the kid that you don't hang out with because they're a bad influence stealing like, pears he st- he stole pears at the market like all the, all the things like the equivalent of that person that you shy away from because they're a bad influence and they'll ruin your reputa- reputation like that was saint augustine in his day um And his mother, St. Monica, was like an incredibly faithful, um, faithful woman. And Father Mike Schmitz in his podcast was talking about how um, St. Monica just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed prayed for years. um, And cried and cried and cried and cried for years over his soul, the soul of her son. Because she just like, just couldn't get him to believe what she knew to be true like she just couldn't figure out like she had her faith and she was trying to give it to Her son who she loved but she just like couldn't get him to take it like she just couldn't get him to understand Um, and then she like ran into st. Ambrose, right? That's who she was talking to. I
1: think so. Yeah. I think
2: so. I'm pretty sure
1: he was the bishop Yeah, yeah,
2: so she she was like in church sometime like crying and praying over her son augustine and bishop ambrose, I guess walks in He's like, "Why are you crying?" And she's like, "Oh, my son, Augustine." And he said, um, "A soul, a soul who's had like this many tears shed over it, like won't be lost by God or something like mm-hmm. that." You know, like yeah. to her, it was all these years of long, long suffering, and like what she was doing during that time mattered. It wasn't insignificant. Like it was significant to her soul in the way that she handled it. But, um then augustine became uh, saint augustine and he's a doctor of the church and everything worked out the way that it was supposed to mm-hmm. um but i think a lot of people would take saint monica's situation and just say like well god probably doesn't exist or this well, is this all sucks. wrong yeah but god's ways are god's thoughts are not our thoughts god's ways are not our ways
1: yeah so i think that's the you know with the information that we do have, I mean, kind of like we went over. Um, I think that's why, you know, why I've been led to where I am today. And, um, obviously grateful that I have the gift of faith and not everybody has that. Not everybody can see that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just, yeah, it's, it's truly a blessing. We pray for faith for all those who, who don't have it in our daily lives. And, you know, every day I try to pray for an, um, an opportunity for conversion, whether that be small or little. And I think that's something hmm. that can be super important throughout the, um, throughout the day for everyone, because everybody yeah. has those opportunities, whether it be in your family, whether it be at work, whether it be
2: our personal conversion, like in your own heart. That yeah.
1: You're... Yeah. I mean, if you're feeling, lost or confused on where you're supposed to be i think that if you're praying for that i mean i think your head's in the right area
2: Mm -hmm. yeah and i think i would just add that um you know we talked about like this argument or that argument or kind of our perspective on things and like i know we barely scratched the surface on conversations like this that have happened like i'm sure there's you know if somebody listens to this and they're like oh i could still come up with a rebuttal for everything you said you know, I... Don't doubt it. Yeah, I you know, I'm sure there are so many arguments against what we've said, and then there there are so many ways to continue this conversation. Like, yeah. This is such a huge conversation, and it's such an important one, and I hope the way that we're able to convey that is that, like, we believe in what we believe so strongly, um, and, like, the right and wrong of it we believe so strongly, um, but, like, fully recognizing, like, the kairos of the world god's time of the world if you're like if you're not in the same place that we are like our call is to love each other and to love you Mm
0: -hmm.
2: as we believe god does um and i say that in a way of like we're all in different places we're not necessarily farther ahead or farther behind we're all just in different places in like every single way that we could be so um yeah just know that all of this just means like we have a greater call to love and hopefully we can do that better and better each day.
1: All right. All right. Anything else you'd like to add?
2: I don't think so. That's all I've got.
1: All right. Well, pray for an increase of faith for us. We'll do the same for you. Um Yeah, go go check out Seeking 365. Um, thosewhoseek.org, anything, all the Instagram, Facebook. um, We're
2: Seeking Excellence.
1: Yeah, Seeking Excellence. Um, Go check those out. Continue listening to Nathan and the other guest host, Josie. Um, Yeah, and we're thankful we got to spend some time here with you today. Um,
2: God bless and go Ravens.
0: God bless and go Ravens. (laughs)